I was told multiple times I didn't know what I was talking about, and I would explain in detail how he was wrong. Welcome to the She Leads Business Show, where I shine the spotlight on female owners of growing small and medium-sized businesses. You're in the right place if you want to ditch the stress and firefighting, stop working too many hours, despite having team members, and never compete on price again. I'm Una Doyle, founder of creativeflow.tv. I'm a speaker, business strategist, and impact coach. Business owners hire me to help them to build a business they could sell tomorrow, but they probably don't want to because it's highly profitable. It's fun to run because they and their team are in creative flow and they get to make a bigger impact on the world. In every episode, myself and my guests share the strategies, stories and wisdom to help you to achieve this too. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to She Leads Business. And today I am so happy to have with me Dana Sacker. Dana helps businesses to automate and customize their client journey with their CRM. And that's a client relationship management system for those. And to do that so they're not tied to the computer all day and can actually have a life. I think we can all relate with that. Welcome, Dano. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. So, Dan, I'd love to get to know the person behind the business. So, tell me, you know, where did life start for you and, and what was it like growing up? So, thank you so much. I actually grew up in the Washington, D.C. area in the suburbs. Um, and I absolutely love technology. I grew up in the time, you know, we were in the 80s where everything was coming about. Um, and in the early 1990s, my now husband and I actually owned a computer store until the early 2000s, where it was a physical computer store where we were building new and used computers. So we took that and also worked online um, and had an online store at that time. So we part of a family, a small family? No, there were just four of us. It was myself, my mother, and my father. Um, I grew up on five acres. So... In order to get to people, we actually had to walk um, to get to our friend's house. I didn't live in like a really close community. And so we learned to do things for ourselves. Um, I did go to a very large high school, Lake Braddock Secondary School, which was 7th through 12th grade. So a lot of the people that I grew up with, um, we knew each other from kindergarten through even now, thanks to social media. So it's a lot of fun. Um Growing up in a small community, but a large one as well, where my graduating class was over 750 kids. So it was really kind of, it was really fun. Very diverse. I can't imagine having that number of people in your year. My, my high school, we had that number of people in the whole school. <laughs> Maybe even less, actually. <laughs> My husband's entire school is like 150 people. Gosh. So, yeah, and that was only an hour and a half away from where we lived. So it was such a difference. It made it very interesting. Uh, absolutely. And what did you like most about it? I love to learn. Um, you hand me anything. I've always loved to learn. And being able to take any type of classes because of the structure our school was, even in eighth grade, we had the option to look at some of the larger, you know, the high school type classes. 
um, we were able to look at those. We were able to start those if we wanted to because it was so integrated with everything. So if we wanted to learn something, we absolutely could. Um, and we were very open. We had open classrooms. It it was just a lot of fun. I mean, it was completely different than what I've seen other kids go through now. <laughs> In what way? I think that we had we had so many different choices, and we were give we weren't told no. Um, we weren't told you couldn't do anything. And I think that that was such a great time where we were just you know given so many options in front of us and said you can pick. So it gave us, you know, and then we were able to do it by ourselves. We weren't, we could be given something and we were told, okay, go ahead and try it. And we were a generation and a group of people that actually would just go out there and just say, what the heck, let's go for it. Fantastic. And you think nowadays those choices aren't there for school children? I don't see them as much. I think that we push them to do certain things. And I saw it. Um, I have five children. And um, they range in ages 16 on up to almost 30. And they, it was almost as if people put them on a path. And they weren't questioned. They didn't start to question things until very recently. Um, they were just kind of going through the motions where we would ask a lot of questions and we would just pick up what we wanted um, to learn. We would pick up books and we would pick up things to learn and we would do it by ourselves. Whereas some of the children, they've been put on a path and it's mainly you have to learn this, this, this and this to get to the next step. And I think recently it's changed. Um where people, where kids can actually say, well, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested to go to that sort of, um, I'm working on this with my high schooler. Um, you know, it probably won't be a traditional go to college, get a job. It's not as much of a focus. And I think that that's actually a really good thing, that it's not required to get ahead. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Particularly in America, cost of going to university and getting a degree is just so huge. People put themselves into so much debt when it's not necessary so much of the time that they don't even use the degree. And they could maybe learn in different ways or follow different career paths. And, and you know, there's so many different types of intelligences. Not everybody is suited to the academic English math sciences kind of pathway are they no they're not and on top of that you know you speak about debt and then they come out into the world and you're looking at jobs that aren't even paying for a semester that's what they're offering for a beginner salary and they're asking that and they also want you to have all this experience as well as that pretty piece of paper and the two just don't mesh. You can't have both. And, you know, I know quite a few people who worked through college who, you know, got the, didn't get the experience because they made more money delivering pizzas than they would have as an unpaid intern. Right. 
to get the so-called experience, which doesn't guarantee you anything at the end of the day. So it it really is. It's kind of the traditional catch-22. It's definitely okay for some people, and it definitely does help some people. Um, certain professions, I definitely want them to go, please get a degree. You know, I want you to know if you're a doctor, please don't do it. I don't want Correct. you reading it up on Google. But a lot of people, you know, they'll go into the business aspect of it. And there's so much information out there that's not university. That's not costing you 40 grand a year. Exactly. Yes. So. What, what's one of your fondest memories from being a child, Dana? The freedom. Um, we had so much freedom. It was, okay, get up in the morning. And it wasn't even calling our friends to see, hey, do you want to meet up? Um, where I lived, we literally walked through the back, through the woods to go get to each other's house. And that's all we would do. And then um, everyone in my neighborhood knew my mother's cowbell. And my mother would ring the cowbell. And we would all come home from anywhere in the neighborhood. We would all just go home at that time because everyone's mothers knew, you know, my mother was ringing the cowbell. Joyce was ringing the cowbell. And, okay, it's time to go home. Love so that. it was, yeah, it was absolutely great. And I really think, uh, I wish that that would be brought back. Um, that sort of a freedom because we didn't have the fear um, of walking, you know, a mile to someone's house. Right. We didn't have that fear. We didn't have to check in every five minutes um, to make sure we were, you know, we didn't have air tags tracking us. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And what would you say was your biggest challenge growing up? I think in the same respect, it was, our school was very, in its own way, competitive. When you have 700 and something kids that are all fighting for the same end goal, um, you know, we were all told to go off to college. I did not. Well, I did. Um, I did leave after a year, but it was it was very competitive to say that you got into a school. You got into a specific university. It was just a name thing that you got into. Yeah, status to say that you you got in someplace. It didn't really make a difference. So how did you deal with that? I got into a university. <laughs> I ended up accepting Virginia Tech. And um, it probably, looking back, it probably was not the best choice for me as it was another large educational space. I probably would have stayed in school if I had gone to a smaller school. But the smaller school didn't have the status that the larger school did. Right. You know, we didn't have, yeah, we didn't have the football team um they they didn't have the um everyone wearing their sweatshirts and you know the school rivalries they didn't have that at that smaller school and I should have gone so what prompted you to leave after a year <laughs> technically my grade I actually came back and went to a community college my grades weren't great because it, it was so overwhelming for me even after going into a large school, it was very overwhelming for me 
to be in a class with 100 to 200 students because we were in an auditorium in a movie theater to take classes. So that was very different. And I didn't do well in that sort of an environment. So when I came back home, I ended up going to a community college. And I went there for about almost two years complete. And I did very well. They were small classes. I could work. I could go do my thing. And, you know, I could go to class and set my schedule and go have fun where I wanted to. Well, that sounds a lot better. I, Yes, even as an extroverted person, the thought having all the classes like that, it feels, in a weird way, it actually feels very isolating. In a way, it was because you didn't talk to the people next to you and you didn't interact with the teacher. Um, I remember one class I went to, I think it was a biology class. It was not the lab, of course, but it was the, and we were in this auditorium, movie theater, and I'm five feet tall. So if I'm sitting in a movie seat, you know, I'm actually trying to go down to the front because I can't see over people's heads. And that's what it was. I could not even see. I don't think for the entire semester I saw my teacher. I could hear him wow. and I could see the slides or the projection up on the screen, but I, I never saw the actual professor. I, I can't imagine that because I would, I'd probably be looking more at the teacher and then glancing at slides because it's connection and engagement, isn't it? Right. And so I felt very disconnected with the whole process. I felt like I was failing. I was the AB student. A C would make me angry. And so going into that sort of situation where I could not excel at what I loved doing, which was I love learning more than anything. I still love it. You know, all the books behind me and everything else, you know, I've read them all. <laughs> so that's just those things that if you're if you don't have that connection and then you feel like you're failing then it's an awful situation yeah it's an interesting journey to take to go from being an a student to a c student because of your environment so, mm -hmm. so for you nothing else had changed like you had the same intelligence it sounds like you had the same willingness, learning attitude, yet your environment was what made the difference. And I think that's it was something... a very different environment. Yeah, and that's something that we can all look at in terms of the environment that we create for ourselves. In our... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that it also now has to do with who are you surrounding yourself with? And who are you looking at? Who do you admire? And are you willing to put yourself kind of out there? And you said as an extrovert, I'm kind of a mix. So I'm, I'm very comfortable with myself being introverted and sitting there and reading books for days on end. But at the same time, I love to have people around me, but they need to be a certain level. I not necessarily level but they have to have that energy around you and I think that as a business owner surrounding yourself with not only successful people but people that have an energy that helps you grow 
is just an amazing feeling. And thank goodness the internet has brought that. For sure. (laughs) It it has its pros and cons, definitely. Yes, I think being able to tap into communities of like people, it's just such a wonderful thing. It is. It's great because we're meeting people across the world. You and I never would have met. We never would have talked back in a time where we didn't have this technology. And it's just fascinating. And it's absolutely amazing to me that we can make these connections and we can grow from these because I learned so much from you. And, you know, I never would have known about you if we didn't have this technology out here. Definitely. So you went to community college then. And uh, by the way, what were you studying, Dara? Computer science. Ah, okay. Right. That makes sense. And so, so how did you get from there to when you had the store for your husband? So it was around the same time. And my husband and I had actually started dating when I was in high school, the end of my senior year in high school. And um, he had gone off to do his thing. And he had to go get his training done. He's an air, he was an air traffic controller. And I was in um, the computer science class and I was going there. I started working with my husband, had a partnership with a friend of ours with this computer store. And it was very small. We were literally in a hole in the wall, um, think an office type setup where we were still selling new and used computers. And I would go work there part time and go to school part time. And... My computer science teacher told me to sit down, little girl, because you do not know what you are talking about. Excuse me? Mm -hmm. And this is the time and day that I was in computers. I was one of two women in the class. And I was told multiple times I didn't know what I was talking about. And I would explain in detail how he was wrong because I had just built the computer the day before and he was telling me you couldn't do something. And I'm like, I did that yesterday. Thank you. And he's like, no, he's, you really can't. And I was like, yes, you can. And he told me to sit down little girl. So I got up out of that class and I walked out and I did not go back. I didn't, it didn't help me. It was the attitude. I knew I wouldn't pass the class anyway because the teacher was never going to give me a passing grade because the papers I was writing were, according to his logic, wrong. So it was very different um, than what we see now. Well, thank God for that. Yes. So was that at the university or the community college? At the community college. Oh, wow. Okay. So how did that affect what you were doing and you know like presumably you were studying that class for a reason well i wanted a degree because that's what we were taught and so i decided i was not going to go anymore oh so you um, actually that was so you left the college entirely i left, then. Uh-huh. I left okay. because i was not going to sub- he was the oh. only computer science teacher oh god right um when you have a community college there are you know, limitations back in 91. Um, And 
I was not going to subject myself to that anymore. I was in tears. And around the same time, my husband bought the computer store from his partner. And I went there full time while he was working. And we were, you know, my husband and I, my now husband, we were, we got engaged and we built that store up um, to, at the time, I I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was over a million dollar business. So we built it up and um, we eventually sold it. Well, I guess that showed the teacher. There, there are some people in this world I would really like to go back and just say, hi. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially, you know, 30 years later, I would really like to just go back and explain and also, you know, share that, guess what? I, I kind of did okay with you telling me because... I still remember it. I know the feeling. I remember the feeling. And that feeling hung with me a very, very long time. I can sense that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's anger. It's anger with that sort of thing because I never want anyone else to feel that way. And it's one of the things that I try to strive for in my business is empowering women to say, you, you can do this. You know, you have the capabilities to do this versus accepting things that you do not want to do for less money than you actually deserve just because it's a paycheck. I'm just thinking of, you know, that, you know, like the bank statement where that, whatever, right. over a million dollars that I'd bank account and just kind of sending him a screenshot. And have a nice day. There's a couple people that I would do it with. There's, mm. there's, a, there's a lot of stories I have along those lines. Back in those days, it was very, very different. And I don't think everyone realizes how different it was and what a fight it was um, to be recognized as someone that knew what they were talking about, all because you're a female. Well, unfortunately, I can tell you that from the conversations that I'm having, it's still happening today. It is. Not, not to as much of an extent. Yes, it is still happening. I, and I think it's important to talk about it because you know then you listening can kind of go yeah this isn't okay if i do see this happening i can talk about it i can share about it i can you know hopefully speak back to them as long as i put you in danger and that's one of the reasons why this podcast exists <laughs> you know to have these conversations and to be talking with the women who are leading businesses and showing what's possible despite the challenges that we've had. Yes, and it it does exist today. Um, I can even go back as far as last week, <laughs> where I guarantee you that if it was a man that was earning like running the same business that I do, um, I don't think that their credentials would have been questioned. Yeah. And mine were being questioned. Like three emails in, and I finally said, Sir, this is not going to work because I'm not going to sit here and justify all of my reasoning based on my credentials for every decision I help make with your business. So I think that as women, we need to step up and we need to be able to say no. And that 
um, a good phrase was all because they have a pulse doesn't mean that they're a good client. <laughs> Definitely. That was, that was kind of thrown at me at one point. And I was like, yeah, I guess that's true, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely happening today. So was this actually a client or were they a prospect that you were in the process of them becoming a client? What was going on? So I had months ago, I actually sent them the original proposal and I never heard back. And then they said, okay, we're ready to go with you and that we're ready to take this next step. And my next availability was to start December 1st. And I said, I just need this contract signed, select it and go from there. And then we can go ahead and get started. So they go ahead and they start the process with selecting the service, which is there's only one choice and go to sign the contract and they stop the process. They didn't say anything. So of course my automation sends them, you know, did you have any questions? And they started questioning my credentials of could you handle a seven-figure business? And the first thing that popped into my head, I did type it and I actually deleted it was, sir, I am a seven-figure business. I think I can handle one. I sent him a thing that said, you know, I just do not think that this is going to work. We've had an hour and a half long meeting. I've sent you all the exact process we're going to go through for the next three months because they wanted a trial period, which I do not do for the type of service he was asking for. And I said, I cannot have my credentials questioned three times in a week over this. I said, it's not worth it to me. I said, so we're just not a good fit. Did you get a response? No. <laughs> They can go and continue searching um, for someone else that they don't have to question everything. I think sometimes people like that, they will find somebody who will keep justifying and they can dangle. You know, this is the thing that I, I want you to understand is that, you know, if you're listening, bullies don't like being so when when you have boundaries, you do step up, when you do speak back, when you do question what they're doing and call attention to it, they, they don't like it. Now, occasionally, there will be people who are like, oh my gosh, I apologize, you're right. Because there is unconscious bias, for sure. You know, whether that's to do with gender or race, whatever it might be. But if that doesn't happen... Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll move on to the next because they just, they want to be the one who's better than mm -hmm. because they actually don't feel, I'm not excusing their, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not excusing their behavior, but that's often what's going on underneath, isn't it? It is. It's, um, and it's funny because even a few years ago, even probably last year, I would have justified myself because it would have been a nice paycheck. You know, and sometimes we look at that dollar sign and, but I was able to take a step back and say, you know, I don't have to justify myself and what I do and what I have done. I do not have to prove myself day after day 
when we make decisions, especially when I was only going to be working with their company because they didn't want any more, they didn't want to pay anymore for an hour and a half a day, maximum. And that type of stress just isn't needed. It's not needed. That's all for today, folks. Have you subscribed to get more of this juicy goodness for your business? If not, tap that button now. Remember to check the description for links mentioned in this episode. Did you enjoy and find value in this free broadcast? I want you to know that I go so much deeper into the topics discussed with coaching and workshops based on my impact-driven growth model. Want to know how I can help you to double your profits without spending a penny more on marketing or ads? Let's arrange to hop on a call to discuss your goals and challenges and I'll show you how. Plus, when you book, I'll send you some free training videos too. Go book now at creativeflow.tv forward slash call with Una. That's creativeflow.tv forward slash call with Una.